This is Brian Gitt. My name is Patrick Moore. This is Dr. William Mackis. This is Bruce Party. This is Tom Luongo. This is Steve Barber, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. I hope everybody's weekend was good. Uh, I recorded this before I left for the Dusty Man tournament. We had our first game Thursday night, and we have our second uh, tonight. It's Friday, so I, I recorded this because I'm like, you know, I don't know what happens at the Dusty Man, and I hope I, uh, I well, I hope we enjoy ourselves. I hope everybody has fun, um, but certainly I'm like, I don't want to leave this up to Sunday night in, in case, you know, uh, you know, uh, festivities go long, if you will. But either way, uh, we got we got a big weekend here, and I hope wherever you're at, you had a great weekend. I know in uh, in my hometown of Homeland, um, the tournament is uh, something you mark on your calendar every year, and I'm sure everybody can relate to having a couple different events that they have like that. Um, you know, this interview today with uh, Jess is is uh, uh, a way of trying to help out the Vic Chuba Theater. Uh, they, uh, obviously here in Lloydminster, they have a bunch of acts come through and, and, uh, trying to work with them a, a, a little bit and, and trying to support and, and promote what they do there. Cause it's, it's a beautiful facility, uh, here in Lloydminster. So this is kind of off the beaten path for me a little bit. You kind of hear that in the interview. I got nervous before this one, which is just, you know, you guys, I, I hear all these people about like controversial topics. And then I have one that's not controversial whatsoever. And I'm nervous for it. I like laugh at myself. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. But hey, I mean, that's uh, that's what gets me out of the bed. Uh, gets me out of bed in the morning. So uh, I certainly enjoyed sitting and having a chat. It was a uh, you know a, a way different than what I've done here in the last uh, you know recent past. Like, geez, I haven't done uh, something uh, similar to this in a while. I mean, obviously Paul Brandt's been on the show multiple times, but. Uh, super cool uh, to have her sit down with me, uh, good old-fashioned uh, small-town sass girl. So uh, we have a lot of fun, uh, you know, for the, the short time she's on the show. Either way, uh, let's get to the episode sponsors today. Canadians for Truth, they're a nonprofit organization consisting of Canadians who believe in honesty, integrity, and principal leadership in government, as well as the Canadian Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights, and Freedom of Rule and Just Laws. Uh, they got Theo, Jamie, and uh, Joseph Bourgault, uh all... Uh, uh, working now um, extensively, they're doing their weekly roundtables, uh, kind of outlining the week's past, and they got a bunch of different shows on on, on the go. And obviously, uh, a few weeks back, I got to uh, um, MC or uh, host, I guess, their their event in Calgary, and and they got different things on the go here uh, coming up uh, with Arthur Pulowski, the pastor from Calgary, and. Uh, some live shows that's going to be Jamie and Theo. And so if you're looking to stay up to date, what they're doing, canadiansfortruth.ca or uh, go to their Facebook page, Canadians for Truth, and you can see everything uh, they're about and, and, and see what they're uh, up to. Uh, Terry Bryant, uh, oh, Terry Bryant, Clay Smiley and Prophet River, uh, Terry Bryant, like, see, this is what happens when Sean stops. Um, <laughs> when Sean's like, you know what? We're going to roll with, uh, uh, bloopers, everything. This pains me beyond belief, folks. Um, but uh, Clay Smiley in Prophet River, I got a note of Terry Bryant sitting beside the name because they helped get me Alberta's chief firearms officer, officer Terry Bryant. Anyways, that's a side note. They specialize in importing firearms to the United States of America and uh, pride themselves in making the process easy for their customers, humanly possible. Uh, they do this for all of Canada. So it doesn't matter if you're sitting, you know, in, in BC 
all the way across to PEI, uh, Newfoundland, you get the point, up to the Yukon, um, wherever you're sitting. If you're in Canada, they can help you out. Just go to ProfitRiver.com. Uh, they are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. And both Clay and Ed are going to be coming to the... Uh, uh, QDM, SMP Presents, Quick Dick McDick, and 222 Minutes uh, show November 5th here in Lloydminster at the Gold Horse Casino, November 5th. I've said that like three times. There still are tickets. You have until October 30th. So as this is released, um, what day is this going to be? It is going to be uh, Monday the 24th. Uh, you still got a little less than a week to grab tickets to that. Uh, last time I checked, there was like... 30 tickets left, I want to say, like not a whole heck of a lot. So if you're one of those last minute buyers, uh, the, the, the link for tickets is in the show notes. So click on that. Love to have you there. You can bump in, uh, Clay and the Clay and Ed, uh, two of the guys from Profit River and, uh, congratulations, you know, on a side note here, I guess this is what's going to happen when I start, uh, winging it at the start. Um, T-Bar One, uh, they, uh, they've been sponsors of the podcast before it used to be the T-Bar One tail of the tape. Um, they won business of the year and employer of the year uh, here in Lloydminster. That's that's my dad and my oldest brother and and uh, and my second youngest, uh, my second brother that's just older than me. So Harley, Jay, Dad, and then of course a plethora of family members that all work there. Like pretty pretty cool for them after uh, being in business for as long as they have been twenty years now. I, I believe uh, for them to uh, get that, I think that's pretty uh, good uh, tip of the cap to them. So congrats to T Bar One on uh on that uh, honor uh it's it's been a well it's been a busy couple days as you can imagine um mitchko uh see this is oh man I, i'm gonna stop apologizing for this and i'm trying to keep the f-bombs out of it but mitchko and fire mineral tyson and tracy mitchell family-owned business has been provided professional vegetation management services for both alberta and saskatchewan the oil field and industrial sector since 1998 you want to talk about a family-run business uh, small business here in uh, in the Lloydminster area, uh, Mitchco Environmental. Uh, this guy worked for him once upon a time. If you're a college student listening, you know, university, and you're you're looking at next summer, and you're like, you know what? I need to make some cash. Like, I need to get to work. Uh, obviously, uh, you're in school for the next little, uh, you know, bit. Uh, but uh, you should be eyeing up when you're when you're getting out, giving Mitchco a, a line because they they have these big hiring uh, sprees. You know, come pretty much May. Uh, where they, they'll work you to the bone in a good way. Like you're going to get paid uh, great money. Uh, you're going to make, you know, something to go back to school with. That's Mitchco uh, Environmental. So either MitchcoCorp.ca or give them a call, 780-214-4004. Put it in the back of your brain. Obviously, we're a few months away from that, but uh, I think it's a good idea to remember, um, you know, that uh, that uh, something for the summer coming up. Uh, Gartner Management, Lloydminster-based company, specializes in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs, whether you're looking for a small office or you got multiple employees, give Wade Gertner a call, 780-808-5025. Now let's get on to the tail of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals, delivering to your farm, commercial, oil field locations. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. She's a small-town Saskatchewan country music star with a platinum single, Cheap Wine and Cigarettes. In 2017, she won the Juno for Country Album of the Year. In 2018, the CCMA Album of the Year and a three-time CCMA Female Artist of the Year. I'm talking about Jess Moskaluk. So buckle up. Here we go. 
This is Jess Moskaluk, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jess Moskaluk. So first off, ma'am, thanks for uh, hopping on with me. My pleasure. Bright and early. I'm I'm more impressed with you than I am with myself. So <laughs> I don't know. I got I got three young kids. And so uh uh besides I was saying to you before we start, we, we started the Dusty Man Memorial Hockey Tournament this weekend in Hillmont. So besides that, um normally I'm, you know, to get out of the house, it's my wife who's not upset, but it's like I'm I'm sneaking out on some early morning duties, if you will. So this for me, you throw a coffee in in me and away we go. Uh this is kind of standard operation, you know. That's not too bad then. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. Now, what we do here, uh, you know, I'd love to sit here and say that I'm a giant country music, uh, or even that's what the show is. But Jess, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it to you. I want you to tell the listeners, because probably everybody knows who you are, but I'm going to assume that there's going to be a few that don't. And I'm curious, who is Jess uh, Moskaluk? And what would you like to say to that? I don't care how far you go back or how short you keep (laughs) Sounds good. Well, the the short of it is that uh, Jess Moskaluk is a small town Saskatchewan girl. Um, I grew up in Langenberg. I currently reside in Rokenville, Saskatchewan, and I make and write and record and perform country music for a living. Here's the question, small town Sask girl. Were you always going to be a country music star? Because your rise has been it's been uh, interesting to watch or cool to watch. Like it's been, you know, kind of like a rocket ship, if you will. Um, was this always the plan or did you have something else, uh, cooked up when you were younger? I always knew that music would be a part of my life in some way. Um, but my parents and I appreciate this about them were very realistic. So when I was going to high school, um, I loved singing. I had won a ton of different competitions and things were going really well. So we all kind of knew that I like was decent at singing. Um, But we didn't really expect it to be a career path until it just started becoming that. Um, I went to university for two years. I was studying criminal justice. Essentially, I wanted to be in the parole or probations uh, profession, I suppose. Jess Moskaluk, the parole officer. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It rolls right off your tongue. (laughs) Really? Um, but I ended up actually getting an artist development deal as well as my first publishing deal, uh, in Nashville. Um, an artist development deal is exactly what it sounds like. A publishing deal is a deal for songwriters, which I was not. So, um, I learned how to songwrite. That was kind of the point of this specific publishing deal, which is very unique. That's not necessarily a common thing, but all that to say I was in university and these opportunities were coming up that may never come up again. So my family and I had a chat and I was like, would you hate me if I took a university break? Because I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. So I am still on that university break. <laughs> what uh, what was that feeling like? You know, you, you sit there and you got not at all mapped out, but I mean, you kind of got an idea. You're sitting in uh-huh. university. You're like, okay going to be a parole officer here in a few years. And that sounds pretty cool and unique and whatever. And I'm sure there's a a bit of a backstory on why you chose that profession. But, uh, you know, then the door opens up of like, well, there's an opportunity here to go full time or at least explore that option. And I may only get one crack at this. That must have been uh, exciting, but also maybe terrifying at the same time to like really break from the where you were headed. 
You know what? It was both of those things for sure. But if I can be honest, it was also a relief um, because I was also doing, you talked about my rise and it's a little bit wonky. It's, it was quick and then over here and then it went over here. I, I was also doing YouTube at the time. So I was doing a lot of YouTube covers and I was working on that with a group of my musical friends that lived in LA. So I was spending a week out of every month in LA to make music to garner a fan base. And then after that, I was spending an additional week every month in Nashville to craft songs, to write on, to work on writing. So I was not, I was not doing good in school because I was in, I was gone for two weeks out of every month and I just tried to schedule it around when there were exams so I wouldn't miss exams. And so it was a huge relief to be like, okay, this is working. You can take a break from the thing that most people work their butts off. I had to put university on the back burner because this other thing was happening. So it was exciting. It was scary while I was doing all of it, but it was a huge relief when I finally was able to be like, this is your focus. This is your priority now. That is a cool story. I, di I didn't realize, both. so you were going to L.A. To, to film music videos, covers, to put on mm -hmm. YouTube? Yeah, mostly covers. Uh, it just was that we had kind of found a system that we thought really worked uh, with the algorithm. And it was releasing a video every 7 to 14 days. And I didn't have the, the time or the skill to write new material, record new material, and release a brand new original music video every seven to 14 days. So I would go once a week, batch a bunch of content. We would do like, I think it was five videos every time I went and then we would schedule them for like release so that there was constantly music coming out. Uh, what year was that? Like how, <laughs> how long ago was that? Um, <clears throat> I guess it would have been in, in about, I want to say like 2009 to, to 2000 and maybe the, the, the reason 13. The reason I bring it up is, you know, today, 2022, that seems like a really like, I'm sure like everybody's trying to do that, right? Like put out things on YouTube because YouTube is this ginormous platform. And even back then it was a big platform, but not quite the same. It was on like maybe early stages, if you will. Um, it was, yeah. That's a really, uh, I guess I'm just like, that must have been a, a not like a harebrained idea. Uh, maybe that's like standard operation. Even back then, was it standard operation back then? It it became that, but not for everybody. YouTube almost became its own like genre. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but there really was a scene which people are like, "Why did you have to go to LA?" And I and I always respond because that's where my friends were that were doing this. That's where that community was, and so I. I went there and it, it just worked. But now back then, you know, I didn't just have this beautiful camera or I didn't have, you know, my phone that has three cameras on the front. Like it just was different. I didn't have, you didn't, you couldn't necessarily do that in your home. And, and I didn't have the skills at the time to do anything like that in terms of the, the technical side of it. So now, you know, with the rise of TikTok, people can do, just like a verse and a chorus of a song and they can record it on their phone and it looks maybe not just as good and it maybe doesn't sound just as good, but it can get pretty close. So um, it, it sounds crazy to those, you know, Gen Z that can just do it at home now.
Yeah, it, it's uh, it's crazy to think how far we've come. Because in 2006, we biked across Canada, and Twitter was, you know, I maybe Twitter was a thing. I can't remember now, but like I didn't have a cell phone, right? Yeah. So I I was literally going into uh, like libraries and coffee shops where they had Wi-Fi so we could send emails to update people. Like, think about that. That's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. yeah that's, so like, I can't imagine. So, so to hear you talk about being, you know, not one of the first people to use YouTube, but to like really take a strategy like that, it's really been uh, a strategic way to get into the music industry then, which is pretty cool to be honest. It's really cool now as well, because we had a challenge for a little while and maybe this is more industry talk than your listeners care to hear, but we had a hard time translating that to what I wanted to do. And that was to write and record and release my own music. Um, and you know, I wanted to release that to radio in Canada, but the demographics were so different. I had a massive following in Germany of all places from YouTube because YouTube doesn't necessarily have a, you know, geographical hindrance. It, it reaches everywhere. So, um, you're that talking, was a little bit of a challenge. You're talking to a podcaster. Well, like li literally, uh, I got some weird spots that, uh, yeah. mainly, mainly Canada, right? Because they talk to a lot of Canadian people. But it has no borders. So you get things popping. What? Why is that? Uh, you, you talk about massive falling in Germany. Have you gone and performed there then? That's the thing. I still haven't. And over these past few years, I'm finally just getting to meet some of those fans that I made, gosh, plenty of years ago. We finally have been able to perform in, you know, in the UK and in Australia and um, it, that's been crazy because people are like, I've been following you since whatever cover they've liked and i just it's so wild that it's taken us this long and it's taken such a roundabout way it took me writing and releasing and recording my own own songs and having success here in canada then to finally get around to those fans that have been here since before a lot of the canadian fans it is a pretty crazy thought when you think about it uh you start you know youtube videos and and then you have your progression and to go to a pretty much the other side of the world in australia uh, mm -hmm. or, or even the UK for that matter. That's not, I mean, obviously it's close, but it's not that close. And that to have close. like, you know, a show and people just losing their mind for you must be a surreal experience. Totally. Yeah. And I think just to see what, like to think about what they fell in love with and it was mostly covers. We did have a few originals, um, that they really related to, which was cool, but just the thought of, of, me having this whole entire career before I got to get out there was crazy. Like they, they fell in love with the covers. That's how they met me. And they stayed for all these songs that I wrote about my life and things that I've experienced. And they were really there throughout the whole learning process for me. It's, it's just, there's so many crazy things about it when you really dig in. Um, You know, one of the, one of the cool things I thought uh, I've seen from you, like I, I really enjoyed MapDot. I think, you know, a lot of people did, uh, especially coming from small town Saskatchewan, you know, it kind of resonates. Um, but I think it was, if memory serves me correct, it was the uh, the behind the scenes of that video where you said mm -hmm. something along the lines of, uh, you don't have to live in a big city to be successful because you don't, uh, you know, country music uh you know and i've had paul brandt on the show multiple times and we've talked about nashville a lot right like the the, yeah. the the push to be in nashville and you need to be in nashville and and certainly oh, yeah. paul brandt has done it his own way 
Um, I see you doing something similar because, you, like you said, you you I think you said you live in Rokenville, uh, yeah. which I mean is about as far off the beaten path as you're gonna get. <laughs> um, what's uh, what has it been about being out in the small town instead of being in the the glam and the big city and everything else? It's a lot of things, but for me, the biggest thing is um, is logistical, which sounds so silly, but I travel for a living. Like I just said, I spend, I'm used to spending a week in LA, a week in Nashville, two weeks in Australia, maybe a month in the UK. And that's before I even talk about Canada. We're just about to get ready on a six week tour where I won't be home at all. And like, I, I spend a lot of time away from home. So it didn't ever really make sense to me to, to move away from home to then make it one more trip that when I want to go home for Christmas or when I want to spend the day with my mom that I have to like travel again. And, you know, there's not one, aside from Nashville, I guess, there's not one city that I frequent more than any other really. So I thought, well, what would be the goal of moving? What would be the point? Um, you know, especially with Zoom now, you and I are not in the same city right now and it feels like we're at least able to get a little bit of FaceTime in which is lovely but it just never made sense to me to move further away from all the people that I want to be closest to I guess that makes uh actually kind of perfect sense you know I I guess I looked at it and I was like why Rokenville you know like you talk about <laughs> logistics the first day I'm like logistics like think of uh <laughs> going home to minus 40 in the in the cold winter and and having to drive those roads you know like yeah, that's uh, I think not all fun. of us, I won't I think lie. All of us Saskatchewan <laughs> folk can uh, can agree that yeah, I think I would take somewhere to the south. Uh, except then again, I mean, Canadian winter is Canadian winter. And when you grow up in it, you almost uh, you know, not long for it, but uh, I mean, at the same time, it's a special breed of pre people. It is. And you know what? That that does suck. I'm not gonna lie and pretend that I love winters, especially in Saskatchewan of all places. But and the roads like I'm two and a half hours from the airport. That's the worst part. Um I actually enjoy the drive to the airport that I make what feels like a hundred times a week. Um, but the drive back is not fun when you just want to be home with your husband and your dogs and you don't want to be traveling anymore. You just want to land and be home. I always envy those people that have someone waiting for them at the airport to drive like two minutes home. But other than that, it's, it's, I don't know, it's worth, it's worth the price, I guess. You mentioned uh, uh, husband. You've been married now, I think, four years. Am I yeah. close? On? All right, cool. Good research. Uh, how how difficult, uh, or does he come on the road? I don't I don't know. Does it like, or how difficult is that, or has that just been your relationship since the get go? It really, ha it kind of has. We started dating when I was kind of I I was just making the decision. I was just on the fence of whether I was going to take the development deal that we chatted about or quit university or come home. So that's where we started. So um, we, that was just the beginning really. So um, we're both used to me traveling. He knows that my band and my label and my crew are all my family and he treats them like his family as well. Um, is it difficult to be away? Yeah, for sure. Still, especially after the pandemic, where we got to be together for the longest we had ever been in 10 years. Um, it's, it's difficult. He doesn't come on the road. It doesn't make sense to us because it seems silly that he would take 
five or six weeks off of his job to come and join me while I do mine. We'd rather take a week or two off and go to Hawaii and both (laughs) not work. So um, it's difficult. It's not without its challenges, but we do work well this way. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I I can understand. I've been married now. uh, Geez, Sean, you're on the spot eight years. And um, uh, we, I think every relationship has its ways that it, uh, you know, obviously we don't spend that much time away from each other, but you have your ways that you uh, uh, find structure and and work. Does he have a tour spot though? When you're like, I'm heading to wherever, where he's like, anytime you go in there though, I want to go and I want to come and enjoy it and and see the sights and sounds and you know everything else. I think that it's different every time, but it is funny you should say that because the one thing the pandemic did, and I don't love talking about the pandemic, but it did. <laughs> bring some good things out of it. The one thing was that he kind of realized, man, I have missed a lot of shows. Like, I wish that I could come and experience some of these things and spend more time seeing what you do. So after that, like this past summer, he really did spend more time on the road. And the one place that uh, he really wanted to come to because he hadn't yet been was Prince Edward Island. So we had a show in Cavendish, uh, Cavendish Beach Music Festival, and it's one of my favorite festivals ever. And uh, so we spent the whole weekend there. We actually got stuck there an extra day. It was perfect because of the flights. So um, that was one place that he was like, yep, yeah, I will come anytime you have a show here. <laughs> you know, PEI is a, a beautiful little spot, that little tiny island. Like, I mean, geez, you can almost oh. walk across it. I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious, but you get the point. Uh, what, you know, you mentioned... Uh, that for him and i i i'm sure every spot you go and sing is is a fun spot you know i got to see a live me and my brother were just literally talking about this like two years ago maybe uh, you came to kid scotty alberta which is just on the outskirts oh, yeah. of Lloyd Minster, and um i don't go see a ton of live music not because i don't enjoy it just because i feel like you know somehow i don't have the time which sounds really silly but then again i think it's no it doesn't and, everything else, and you're just <laughs> yeah but but you uh you were fantastic that night. I was like, holy man, like uh oh, thank that, you. That, that was really that was really good. Um and anytime you can get uh, a group of people uh you know in a I don't know, in a situation where it's you know, tables and things up dancing, I does that make sense, right? Like it's not really yeah. you know you're doing something right, or at least I think you uh, you're doing something right. But do you have a spot where you're like, man, uh, you know, I can't wait to go back here you talk about cavendish is is that the spot or is there like you know is it you're closer to your hometown is it in somewhere in saskatchewan i don't know because uh i'm sure there's like vibes like uh, you know hockey player you go into certain barns or arenas and you just like there's a vibe there it's like super cool to suit up and go play um is the same thing getting on stage i I assume you have like a, a place you're like oh yeah let's let's go yeah, I mean, I since since we were just talking about the East Coast, every time we play Halifax, I feel that way. They bring it. It's almost like they know that it's a little bit harder for artists to get out to the East Coast for whatever reason. The, again, logistically, it's sometimes not that easy. Um, and they party. Stampede is always so much fun. Um, Calgary's a great country music city. And I do love playing at home that's always really cool and it's sentimental and it really does kind of put things into perspective once again like how far you've come because we're always looking forward and we rarely get the chance to look back but that's always a good way to do it is to play at home but 
it's really stressful to play at home because you have everybody and their dog asking for tickets, asking what time the show starts, asking this, <laughs> asking that. And I'm just like, it's, I mean, it seems like it shouldn't be a, a big deal and it should be easier, but there's always, there's always added complications and people who want favors when you're playing in your hometown. So sometimes it's nice to play a place like Halifax where I don't really know a lot of people and um, it just, it, the people there treat you like you live there. <laughs> How about this? Uh, before I start, uh, I get, I get like pregame jitters before every interview. I never thought I'd find something like that. That that was something in hockey, you know, before a big That's game, cool. you, get, you get the pregame jitters before interviews. I was laughing at myself. I'm like, why am I nervous this morning? Jeez. Anyways, it could have been the coffee for all I know. And I was just, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, here it. we go. But I have my little pregame ritual, which people always laugh about. And sometimes I forget. And it's, it, uh, it comes on at the start of uh, when somebody hops on, but I listen to a little ACDC, uh, a little, uh, uh, for those about to rock. Anyways, people probably seen a lot, but uh, but it just I don't know. I I feel like I should be listening to meditation and calm myself down, but I always get like to get amped up before you go on for a show. Do you got a little uh? You got a little like pregame ritual? Yeah, there's a few things that we do. Um, of course, warming up is crucial vocally. Um, I also there's a few new things that we've done, a new vocal routine kind of thing that I've been doing that's been really helpful. I have a it's called the vocal mister. It's literally like a, it's a, you humidify your vocal cords with a saline solution. So I do that for four minutes. It looks like I'm vaping. I look ridiculous. Um, and then we completely counteract that with a shot of whiskey. The band all does a cheers and we do just the tiniest little shot of whiskey before the show. And we all, um, we all, I don't know why this started, but we all like hit elbows I don't know why, but that's been a thing that we do every single time just to say, have a good show. And um, there's a playlist that we've all created together as a band of like songs that pump us up, whether it's just a song from like my childhood that makes me get excited or whether is it it's country, is it country music you're listening to before, or is it like rock or Sometimes. is it like it's a country music mishmash? Does that get you fired up? What's your song oh, yeah. gets you fired up? It, it depends on the day. Right now, I would say it's um, Kane Brown. Like, I love country music. I love that song. But there's so many different ones. Like, we, there's a lot of Arkells on that playlist. Um, gosh, I would have to open it up because there's uh, so many songs that I don't even I, really know. <laughs> I, I, got, I got to host my first, uh, not my first, uh, one of my live, uh, my most recent live show in Calgary. And people were laughing because I had ACDC just, I, I was like, I got to get in the mode here, right? Like this is, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. And so I'm always, I'm always curious if I'm the only yeah. nut who does that, but it's cool. You don't have like, I wear the same socks every time, you know, kind of thing because that, uh, you know, I got the ritual. You, you're not, you're not that cra not crazy. You're not like that. Like it's got to happen this way. No. And there have been times where we're like, oh no, we forgot to do elbows or we didn't do our shot. And like, nothing happens. It just feels better. It just kind of like puts us all in the same place in the same mindset at the same time. It just, just feels warm and fuzzy to just do that thing that only we do. Yeah. It's, it's uh, something that goes across not only hockey and sports, but anytime you're on the, on the stage or, you know, something that I, you know, I should, I should ask it to more people, but I feel like anytime you're doing something that's going to take you out of your comfort zone, I feel like getting on a stage, even though that's your, your jam and that's your arena, that's where you want to be uh, yeah. at the same time. It's, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta step up your game and perform and everything else. Um, yeah. You got, uh, you got a busy, uh, couple months coming up here. You know, you got the, the, the mad dot tour, 
which begins November 1st in Ottawa. You're coming here to Lloydminster uh, November 12th, which I think people are excited for at the Vic Juba. Um, how exciting is it to be going back on tour after, you know, I know you don't like talking about COVID, but I mean, for, <laughs> for a, a musician who loves getting out in front of people, it's been kind of like a, a, a hiatus on a grand, like everyone has been. So how yeah. excited are you to get back on tour to go across Canada to be performing in, you know, I, I don't know how many different places, Jess, but quite a few. Uh, how excited are you for that? I'm so excited um, for for all of the reasons that you just listed. But on top of that, this is actually my first headline tour. So I've always been the really? support act. Yeah, I've toured with that guy you were talking about before, Paul Brand. I've toured with him a quadrillion times. <laughs> and that's amazing. And I've learned so much. And it's been such a incredible experience but there's something to be said for having my fans here they're just mine and um that's really special so i am so over the moon excited it's been cool to like craft everything from the vip experience like the meet and greets um to the the set list to how much time i want to be on stage to who i want to bring on the road with me and um who we want to use for a bus and who we want to use for a you know a production company everything all those decisions are are mine and that's a lot of work but it's always it's also really cool to choose who you want to support and who you want to give business to and it's it all of it it's every single aspect of it has been incredible and, and a learning experience and really just so great I, I can't wait to actually physically now after all of that get on the road and just do the thing that I've been wanting to do for since 2008 <laughs> yeah that's that's uh uh you know um uh people think uh success happens overnight right uh, you, like and when you think about it 2008 to now to your first time headlining that's been yeah. uh you know like that's put that's putting in the work isn't it yeah yeah it's been a goal of mine to do for so long and of course the pandemic put us back at least two years um but you know it's just i think the timing does feel right now um it i don't know if two years ago would have been the right time maybe it would have maybe it wouldn't have it's impossible to say but i'm glad we waited i'm i'm glad that now we can go out there with a set that you know we feel like there's lots of songs that people know not just like one or two um, that people know and love. It's not just cheap wine and cigarettes anymore, it, you know? So it's, Although it's that is cool a pretty that good too. <laughs> we'll probably play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel, uh, I don't need to even bring this up, but I will anyways, because if there's, there's, uh, somewhere you want to uh, guide people to certainly, um, you, you know, in today's world, if I want to get uh, tickets to your show, like literally put that into Google and I'm sure it's going to throw me to, eight different sites that just yeah. give you the opportunity but with your upcoming tour uh ottawa november 1st and then uh, a whole list if people want to follow along or want to see where you're going to or things like that where would you direct them? honestly we've got it set up so well on my website i would just say go to jessmoskaluk.com and if you hit the events tab it's got everything that i'm performing at for the rest of this year um, and you can buy tickets pretty well right on there. There's a link to any show you want to go. It'll take you to the right venue to buy the tickets. Okay, final. Then, or final. Then your final question before I let you out of here <laughs> uh, is that we always end with uh, uh, the Crude Master final question. Shout out to Crude Master. They've been a sponsor of the podcast since the very beginning. Uh, if you're going to stand behind something, then stand behind it absolutely. What's one thing Jess stands behind? Ooh, I don't know why this is the first thing that 
pops into my mind, but rescuing animals, uh, probably because I'm looking at my dogs right now. I feel like there's just so many good animals out there that don't have homes. Where, uh, where did you, uh, where'd you rescue your animal from? We rescued our, our oldest fur baby, Nala, from uh, Spirit of Hope in Winnipeg. And Blue, we risk our youngest fur baby. We rescued from uh, Paws and Claws in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Blue is that's a that's a sweet name. We uh, uh, our dog that's uh, um, that is our rescue, uh, Larange, uh, Forest Fires up 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 north in oh, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And, and I got a, got him uh, North Battleford, so uh, mm-hmm. I can relate. There's uh, yeah dogs. I yeah, I get it. Do they come on the road with you? No, I really did consider it this time. I like sometimes we travel. Well, most of the time we travel by plane, but this time it makes more sense that we can travel by tour bus, which is so much nicer. So I was like, do we need a bus dog maybe? But it it feels so mean to take them off of a 20 acre farm and put them on this tiny little bus with 11 other guys. Yeah. (laughs) So I probably won't. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time this morning. I hope I'm getting you out on time. And, uh, and uh, like I say, for anyone here in Lloydminster, uh, November 12th at the Vic Juba theater, um, certainly got it marked in the calendar because I'll probably try and, uh, uh, bring the wife out for a date night. We don't get a whole lot of those, uh, and, and try and make an evening of it either way. I appreciate, I appreciate you, you hopping on and doing this with me and, uh, look forward to, you know, where our, I never know where the roads go, but somehow along the way, uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths again. You know, Saskatchewan is a strange animal because it's so unique compared to, I think the rest of the world. I just think, I agree. I just think of the stretch of highway you're on. You got quick McDick, like not that far away in Tufnell and, and then yourself coming out of there. And I think, uh, I, I don't know what's on the horizon for, for, uh, for, not only you, but him and everybody else that comes out of this little province of ours. Um, but it's cool to watch and, and, uh, and follow along. Well, I appreciate that very much. What a fun interview. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with me this morning. You bet.